This is the Glowing Older Podcast, hosted and produced by Nancy Griffin and Catherine Lord. We curate this podcast to feature leaders in the business of aging well, who provide services and products that help us all glow older. Learn more about us and our coaching work at glowingolder.com. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in the business of aging well. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm so pleased to be here today with Tracy Lamb, CEO of Caregiving Worldwide Network. Welcome to the program, Tracy. Thank you so much, Nancy. I'm, a, I'm thrilled to actually be here with you today. Well, I'm a big fan of your work, so I'm very excited to have you. Before we dig in to all that you're doing today, tell us about your background. Sure. Uh, my background really is that I work for hospice. I worked for hospice for about 15 years. And while I was there, I saw what I felt like was a gap in the healthcare industry and that people taking care of their loved ones at home, their moms, their dads, their special needs kids didn't have a one-stop shop um, for taking care of their loved ones at home. So that's kind of what prompted me to start my company. But uh, before that I was in legal, I was a certified paralegal through Boston University. I ran a couple of law firms for about seven years, and then I was a recruiter. I owned my own recruiting company for about four years. So I kind of have a diverse background for sure. You had smart caregiving solutions for years, uh, and then you founded the Caregiving Worldwide Network. So tell us about that and how you got started. Back in 2019 was when I started Smart Caregiving. And that was basically a global directory of companies that offered products and services that could help people take care of their loved ones at home, uh, their moms, their dads, their special needs children. And uh, by 2021, I got some pretty good traction. And um, then I did end up having to put my own company on hold for about 11 months uh, and go into a full caregiver mode myself while my uh, both of my parents were declining. And my dad passed away in February of 22. I do still take care of my mom. So I am still absolutely in the caregiving space. And I ended up going all in in my business in May of last year. And when I did, um, I ended up initially getting a radio show based out of Palm Beach County, Florida, um, where I talked to caregivers every Saturday morning. And then in August of last year, I was asked to be on a TV show here locally with uh, an Emmy Award TV anchor. And while I was there, the TV executives asked what I did and I told them. And so that started the conversation. And so Caregiving Worldwide Network, I mean, Caregiving Worldwide, the initial TV show was actually born of um, those talks. And the initial TV show actually launched in January of this year. So it's turning into a full-fledged network. So what kind of shows are you offering? Sure. Yeah, it's actually turned in. We've been really blessed. We ended up doing a, a 12 full episodes of Caregiving Worldwide. The last show dropped in June of this year. And by the end of um, the 12th episode, uh, we are, um, like I say, we're on a streaming platforms. We're on Roku, Hulu, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Google TV. And by the end of our 12th episode, we were being seen by over 600,000 people worldwide across seven countries. So now we have uh, been given an entire network. So it is the Caregiving Worldwide um, Television Network. And we are super excited. We have multiple shows coming out. We have a um, 
Healthcare for Heroes show coming out this year for the military and vets, uh, Healthcare Innovators in Business, that's a B2B show. And then our big show that's coming out this year is called Safe and Sound. That's basically like a QVC for caregiving meets Angie's List for caregiving. So both of those combined together is what Safe and Sound is going to be. So we're super excited about that. Well, you're such a visionary. So tell us where you see this going in, say, five years. Oh, wow. In five years, I I would love to see it keep growing. You know, next year, we're already planning on having two shows for the Latino Hispanic community and even two shows for the Arabic community. I would like to continue to see that to grow um, in all in all cultures uh, so we can be multiverse. diversified um, and keep growing it. And we even want to go into the mental health network. We want to actually build out an entire mental health network. I also even want to get into special needs um, education for children. So I'd like to bring children in. I just really would like to cover the gamut from all different ages and all different genres and be able to make it a network where everything is positive, but it is all in the healthcare space and it's all helping other people. That's what I want to do. I just want to be able to help as many people as we possibly can. Well, I love so much what you're doing. And, you know, caregiving has been getting so much attention and rightfully so, because so many people like you need to put their careers on hold to take care of their um, loved ones. And, And it seems to be um a challenge for so many and without the the government support and the resources and and uh, there's so many financial mental physical um obstacles that come along with that caregiving what are some of the larger trends that you're seeing in the caregiving space oh yeah you are absolutely correct you know one of the one of the big things that's happening right now in the caregiving space is the boomers are coming in you know everybody talks about the tsunami of of boomers that are coming in and we are absolutely in that space at this point and you know honestly it's actually been been a breath of fresh air because they've started a lot of these conversations that have been needing to happen for a very long time to actually start happening um, some of the trends that I'm actually starting to see, which I'm really, really thankful for is, you know, companies need to start understanding that they've got to start giving caregivers benefits, you know, a caregiver benefit, you know, um, right now, unfortunately, in most companies, not all, because there are absolutely companies that are doing it, but in most companies, if somebody needs to take time off to take a mom or a dad, special needs child to the doctor, if they need to take time off for anything for them, they have to either use their PTO or they have to use FMLA. And that's just really unfortunate. They really do need to have a caregiver benefit. Um, thankfully, a lot of the, some of, several of the larger corporations are starting to have those conversations and they're actually even starting to do those types of things. Um, so I'm really, really thankful that that is one of the bigger trends that's actually starting to happen. And probably the other big one that I, I feel is really happening too is that a lot of this is due to COVID is there's a lot of fantastic tech that is coming into um, the caregiving space. Um, A lot of things, unfortunately, um, due to COVID, a light was shown on a lot of bad areas in healthcare um, that really needed to be the light to be shown on. And and the the blessing of that is that um, because those lights were shown, a lot of really fantastic innovation has happened and some fantastic products are coming out of that. And so that's a really good thing for everybody involved. So I'm really excited about all of that as well. 
Well, I assume that you're going to be showcasing a lot of these technologies in the Safe and Sound show and, and some of the other programs that you're putting out there. So what can you share with us about some of the broader categories of age tech that you are finding particularly impactful? Yes, we are going to be um, showcasing some of those um, products actually in Safe and Sound, absolutely. And then we actually are going to be um, showcasing them in an actual show about tech, not just about technology products next year that's going to be coming out as well. So we're super excited about that particular show as well and that particular series that's coming out. But uh, one of the, the spaces that is is taking some really, really huge leaps and strides, which again, I think a lot of it's due to COVID is um, the Alzheimer's dementia space. They are coming out with some very, very cool technology that is really, really interesting. Um, there's a product called Sociavi um, that is really, really interesting that is is starting to get some really good leeway. Um, intuition, um, intuition Robotics uh, is another fantastic company that is getting a lot of um, traction, um, fantastic organization. I love their product as well. Um, so there are a lot, there are several um, different kinds of company. They're coming out with all kinds of really cool, innovative products like that, that I think are really, really gonna help people. And when it comes to older adults, uh, we hear, uh, you know, both sides like, oh, um, the the virtual reality is so good for them and this and that and then the other side of it is oh um older adults have trouble with technology and they can't get up to speed and um, yes. and such so what is your feeling on on adoption one of the things that i'm starting to ask companies as i speak to them in fact i talked to a technology company today as i asked them you know how easy is it for your um your technology to be used by older adults you know, one of the things that I, I love about, like, for for example, Sociavi, there's no username, there's no password, the, the person just literally plugs it in and it starts working. And for older people, they love that. You know, my mom is 83 years old and my mother hates usernames and passwords <laughs> because they always have to change and she doesn't know remember what they are and, you know, she has to write them down. And so for her, something that doesn't require a username and password is good. And so like, I saw another um, piece of technology today and, you know, they made it big and they made it bright. And again, same philosophy, you know, you have to make it easy for the user. You know, you can't make it easy for, for people that are in younger age. You've got to make it easy for the older generation. And I think they are, for the most part, tech companies are keeping that, that in mind as far as when they're designing these products, they're keeping in mind who their target audience actually is. So most of them are actually kind of trying to keep that to where it's going in the right direction from what I've seen. And as you vet different technologies and you're getting ready to put them in this directory of safe and sound and the B2B mm -hmm. show, what are some of the things that you're seeing that just, um, that, that are people are making mistakes? You know, I do think that the reality is, is that part of the problem with the caregiving space, you know, and I've been on both sides, you know, when I worked at hospice, I talked to the caregivers every day. And then I got into the caregiver space as a business owner. And I talked to the caregiving companies. And, you know, the problem is, is that trying to marry the two together, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's really, really difficult. You know, at times caregiver companies have a really difficult time for whatever reason, um, connecting with caregivers out there. And then caregivers at times just don't know where to look. Um, and that was one of their biggest challenges, you know, it was, whether it was reading blogs or articles or Googling and you can't Google what you don't know exists. And there's a lot of fantastic companies that have a lot of fantastic products and services, but people don't know they exist. And that's one of the biggest challenges out there is that, you know, that's why there really desperately needed to be a platform that could reach all these people on their level. And the reality is, is that TV really does that. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Caregiving Worldwide Network has been able to reach people in a way that really nothing else really has been able to do at this point in time. Um, I think some of the mistakes that people make is that they they think, I, and I know I made this mistake when I first got into the, the, um, the space too, you know, you kind of feel like, well, there's so many, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Yeah. And the reality is, is unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, it's it's just it's not that easy to connect the dots. And I think um, thankfully, we've been able to kind of connect the dots through TV. And that's been a real blessing, both for the companies that I've represented already and for the caregivers that have been able to see the show already. Yeah, because it's it's cloaked somewhat in entertainment, right? Yes. Um, that's sort of the nature of television. Yeah, you know, because the reality is, I I do think that one of the reasons why regular mass TV has stayed away from the whole caregiving aging space is because I think for a long time, everybody just looked at it as, well, you know, we don't want to talk about caregiving or aging because, you know, then we may be talking about death or dying. And, you know, it's the whole kind of, let's not talk about hospice, you know, nobody wants to have the conversation, you know, that whole thing. So philosophy, but the reality is this, you know, we are all in the aging line. Okay. You know, none of us, unless, um, you know, unfortunately we hit, get hit like a, by a, by a truck, like my sister did, unfortunately, 15 years ago, or if, unless something crazy happens, then we're all here and we're all going through the line together, you know, and we're all keep moving forward down the line. So if that's the case, then we're not going to get out of the line. Then the best thing we can do is to prepare for it. And that's my whole philosophy is, is that we need to educate ourselves. We need to know this is coming. It's kind of like retirement. You know, if you're wise, uh, you will not be like my father did. And my father did not prepare for retirement at all. And he, he paid the price. And even more importantly, my mom paid the price because he did not prepare. And if you want it to be to where the, your loved ones do not have to go through really difficult times when you get sick and when you can no longer make decisions or whatever, and you want to be able to make your own decisions, then the best thing to do is to prepare. And if you can get with a community that can help you prepare, then that's the goal. It reminds me of that quote from Rosalind Carter, that there are only four kinds of people in the world, those that have been caregivers, those that are caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. Amen. And that's so very true. I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> well, and it seems like one of the reasons why people have been not um, not in a position where they want to make a life plan or prepare for any of this is is that it's been this um, this doomsday scenario, right, of inevitable yes. decline. 
um, yes. which which is not necessarily or or not in most cases re a reality. Uh, Correct. So I I noticed that you um, have been a coach as well, and in, in in addition to all your other hats, um, <laughs> you're a certified life coach and executive coach. Yes, I am. <laughs> So yep. I wanted to ask you, um, when it comes to all those people out there that are really not wanting to think about it and are just saying, well, I I'm just going to wait for the shoe to drop, um, what would you tell those people, um, especially the caregivers, that um, that sometimes throw themselves into caregiving at their own expense? Oh, that is a really, really good question. Uh, so the reality is, is this, you know, um, I will tell you that, unfortunately, I have seen and I have been in the position of not being able to, I, I planned as much as I could about caregiving, um, but unfortunately, like I'm gonna use an example of my, my sister and my brother. You know, my sister was 47 years old when, when she died. She had a 16 year old and a 13 year old and she was divorced from a guy that was not a pleasant person and because she was unwilling to do a power of attorney and because she couldn't afford an attorney uh, and multiple reasons um, when she died there was no paperwork there was no will there was no anything and so her two kids ended up having to go back to a man they did not want to go back to who was their real dad and so that was a situation that happened that it wouldn't have happened if if there had been a plan and the same thing with my brother. Again, my brother was 47 years old when he passed and he had been an alcoholic for many years. And the year before he died, I tried desperately to at least get him to do a living will uh, and a healthcare surrogate. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to think about it. He was like, I'm not going to die anytime soon, even though the doctors had already told him that he was getting very sick and uh, he didn't want to talk about it. All of a sudden, he did end up having to have surgery when he was very sick. He didn't end up coming out of the anesthesia. They had to put him on a ventilator for nine days um, because, again, he did not have a, um, a living will. My parents had to be the ones to make the decision to take him off the ventilator. And that was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me because I, I loved my brother and it was heartbreaking for my parents. And when you don't put these things in place, these are the kinds of situations that come about. And you have to, if you do love the people that you're going to be leaving behind, then you do need to put these kinds of things in place. I know nobody likes to talk about them. And that's one reason why I try to make my show and I'm going to make all of the shows on my network to be positive and to be uplifting and to be encouraging because there is you can look at things as okay these are some fantastic tools that can help me these are some fantastic ways that i can do things these are some better ways of looking at it this is a community that i don't have to be alone when this happens and i don't have to feel scared and isolated and alone and i think if we can get that message out and let people know there is a better way than, than getting sucked into caregiving because it does suck you in and it can absolutely drain you beyond recognition, I know, because I've been in it, then there is a better way. 
And why not look into doing it the better way? I, I so agree. And um, how, what are some of the things that you tell people to, quote, put on their own oxygen mask first? I, I have a friend that is in exactly that position that you just said. She's getting sucked in. Um, and it's an aunt that lives across the country and who's not particularly a nice person. But <laughs> she's literally the only one that's stepping up to help this woman who doesn't even really want the help but desperately needs it and um you know my advice to her was you know just take care of yourself extreme self-care because you're going to end up with physical mental financial decline if you don't set some boundaries and i i would completely agree with that my my things that i tell people on a regular basis and it was hard for even me. So I know this is not easy to do. So I I should I wish I had taken some of my own advice when I was deep in it. Because so because I know it's hard. You know, first of all, like you absolutely said, and it's absolutely correct. First of all, you really do have to have some boundaries. My father was very, very stubborn and obstinate, and he was a difficult patient to deal with. He really was. He was former military, so he didn't like being sick. He didn't want to die. I mean, <laughs> He was my father was extraordinarily difficult, so I feel their pain. But you definitely have to have boundaries. You also definitely have to do self-care and you do have to get to a place to where you have to say, you know what? I love you and I'm going to take care of you, but I am just not going to let you suck me completely down the rabbit hole. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. It just means that you're not going to be sucked down the rabbit hole, too. And you can be. I mean, the problem is, is that people start looking at it like, you know, well, if I don't do this or I don't do that, then that means then they're going to think I don't love them. Because my father said that to me several times. He was like, well, you just must not love me. <laughs> I, and I was like, Dad, you know I love you. There's, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but, but the reality is, is that I have to somehow be able to take, like with him, my dad, I said, I have to somehow be able to take care of mom, even once you're gone. And so you have to have your own life and you have to be able to say to your person, I love you. I love you very much, but I also have the rest of my life. I have my spouse, I have my children, I have whatever, and I can't just completely let this take me down the rabbit hole. But that is easier said than done, without a doubt. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, we've done some consultations with some um, adult children who are saying, there is no way I'm going to end up in this position. I don't care if I have to move halfway around the world. I'm yeah. not going to end up in this position. And then we found that the older adults are thinking, well, I've got this. My, my daughter's going to take care of me. And there's this disconnect. Yeah, that's that's the other side of it, you know, and then that's when the older adult needs to be able to know about certain uh, services and products and everything that can step in where the child doesn't want to step in because there are services that can help them. There are products that can help them. There are companies that can help them. There really is a lot of help that truly people do not know how much can help them. You know, one of the things that I try to, to educate people on because I didn't know about it until I started working for them is, you know, about hospice care. You know, everybody always thinks you don't call hospice until like, you know, three days before somebody passes. And I thought the same thing until I worked for them. 
And the reality is, is that my father had congestive heart failure and COPD, and he lived with it for 15 years. And he, my father was under hospice care for two full years. And I tell people that, and they just go into shock. They're like, I don't understand. And I said, well, CHF and COPD are both terminal illnesses. And my father continued to decline for two full years. So they were able to keep him under hospice care. And hospice is one of those um, services that can really help you a lot. If you can, if, if you, if your patient qualifies, your person qualifies and you get them under care. So there's just a lot of educational things that people can do and they just don't know. They just need to reach out and find out about it. Well, that's why we have your network, Tracy. <laughs> that's right. That's what, that's what the goal is. That's why I, my, my passion and my heart is my company. I just love helping people. I truly do. It's just like my life's work and it's in my DNA. And so I absolutely love being able to let go to bed at night. And I've had more than one phone call from more than one person. Just people call me and say, thank you so much for telling me about this. It has just been such a lifesaver. I cannot tell you how much it has helped me. Thank you so much. And for me, that makes all the difference in the world. That means that means everything to me. Well, and just what you said about hospice, I, I just finished Atul Gawande's book, um, Being Mortal, and he talks about hospice um, in, in his book quite a bit um, as as starting with what matters most to you. You know, yep. do you want to keep teaching piano? Do you want to play with your grandchildren? Like, And they start there and then they take the steps that you need to live out your last days the best way you want to. Absolutely. And I, and I completely agree with that. You know, the reality is, is that you do not have to look at everything at aging as being a horrible thing. A good friend of mine who, again, I'm going to actually, he's going to get a show (laughs) next year. His name's Al Lyman. Um, He wrote a fantastic book called Aging Well and Feel Great. And it's uh, available on Amazon, but it's a phenomenal book. And it's really talks about how You actually can age well. Aging does not have to mean, you know, chronic diseases. It does not have to mean you're going to get, you're going to get any disease. It doesn't mean, have to mean those things. You can actually age well if you will do certain things, you know, if you will eat right, if you will exercise, if you will do certain things, you know, and so we do have a choice. Even if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you do have a choice of how you age and you just have to make the choice of, okay, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to try and do things differently and I don't have to just let things be, you know, it's all about being educated and making informative decisions. I love that book, by the way, I went and bought it um, after our last conversation and I love the picture of um, Al next to his father and he's like <laughs> this is yes he looks like this is what 60 looks like it's very different oh yeah I mean it's so different it, you know and he did he's done nine Ironmans you know and he does not look 63 years old and I just he actually lives here in Florida he and I just met in person recently and he's just he's a fantastic guy and I just think that whole book I've read a lot of books on diet and nutrition and everything, like I told you previously. And the reality is, is that that book 
takes it from a whole different philosophy. And I love his philosophy on that. Well, I can't wait to see the show when it comes out. So Tracy, there is so much exciting stuff going on, but what gets you most excited these days? <laughs> oh, there is so much exciting things going on, but I probably the thing that gets me most excited is just knowing how many caregivers we're going to be able to impact and how many companies we're going to be able to help. You know, there's a lot of companies, like I say, out there, whether they be small, small mom and pop, medium, large, global, whatever size they may be. And all, all of them have fantastic products and services and, and books and resources and everything else. And they just need to be known, you know, and then the, and then on the polar side of that, you've got caregivers that are just desperate for information. They are just desperate for information. That's why 600,000 people across seven countries watched my show because they were desperate for information. So if we can get that out there in any way, shape or form, as much as we possibly can, then I am gonna be the happiest woman on the planet. <laughs> Well, you know, it was a blue moon last night and Glowing Older has a has a wish to have our own show on the Caregiving Network someday. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Tracy, Absolutely. We will definitely have to talk about that. Oh, I would love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Nancy. I've really enjoyed it. You have been listening to the Glowing Older podcast. For more information about our planning and coaching services, visit glowingolder.com.